we have our guest evangelist Lucas Rippert from Germany. Let's welcome him. And we welcome those of you who are joining us remotely. Enjoy the word of God. The Lord is here. Tomorrow we meet at 8 and at 10.30 and there will be time for prayer for the sick just like there will be time for prayer for the sick today as we hear the word of God. For those who may not have been here for the fuller introduction we gave regarding our guest yesterday, I will simply mention that our guest comes from Germany here and his wife are here. Uh, he, I know he promised that his wife would be here today but she'll be there tomorrow. Uh, the little... Their little boy needed uh, to rest after a, a small bout of a fever. Yeah, needed yeah. to rest. But they'll be here tomorrow. So you will, you will see them. Yeah. Uh, but he comes from Germany and he's with the Christ for All Nations, a ministry that we love and respect. And it's a joy for us to labor together in the kingdom. So all yours. God bless you. Hallelujah! Amen! Amen. I know I did it yesterday, but I can already tell you I will also do it tomorrow. Because to me, it really means, means so much that I am allowed to be here and speak on your stage at this Easter convention. It is such a great honor to know you. Richard Banda, I am thankful for your life, for your ministry, the wisdom that you have imparted into me and into our Christ for Nation ministry, even in the one-to-one -one meetings that we had. I'm just very thankful, and it's from the bottom of my heart. I praise the Lord for your life. Please give a hand. Yes. And I know that from my own life, a man is only as good as the wife that stands behind him. Amen? So yeah, the quality of his ministry only comes because of Pastor Gladys. Thank you so much. And also to the leadership team of the church, um, I'm thankful that I'm allowed to speak here today. All of you, you might be seated. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Wow, I don't even know what I'm, what I'm doing up here. I mean, honestly, after the kids' ministry today, I already cried three times. And we did not even did an altar call. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was so, I mean, honestly, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. As these kids were singing, I felt the presence of the Lord. As these kids were acting... I saw the whole story in front of my eyes and I was thankful to God. Amen. I was moved today already. So um, I hope, I hope that my, my preaching can nearly get there what they have done. That was so wonderful. That was a real presentation of, of, of Easter and what God has done. Amen. My name is Lucas. I'm from Germany as I've been introduced. And I'm very sorry for all of you that came uh, because to, you wanted to see my wife and my boy. <laughs> the, the, the boy, the morning when we woke up, I mean, already yesterday in the evening when I held him on my arm, I, he was kind of warm. I thought, ah, you, he, that's because he was running, you know. This morning when he woke up, um, he first was crying a little bit and we were saying, yeah, come on, yeah, you will make it. And then we went to his bed, we picked him up, and he was boiling, <laughs> you know. And so he had a little bit of fever. Um, 
So we took him to the doctor, they checked, no malaria, no typhoid, everything was okay. But uh, we still decided that he might need to rest a little bit. So I'm very sorry, but by God's grace, um, he will be here tomorrow together with my wife, and you will see her. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Ah, there she is already. She is beautiful. <laughs> Amen. But she will come tomorrow in person. Uh, so you know that this is true. I'm not a liar. Yeah? <laughs> because some people look at me and they think, he will never get such a wife. <laughs> so, but it's true. It's really my wife. I also want to welcome everybody who is watching online. God bless you so much. Expect your miracle as you are watching on your television and your working place, wherever you are. The hand of the Lord is not too short. And it's not my hand, but it's God's hand who is going to touch you in this house, but also in your house. Amen? Hallelujah. Today I always come with a small challenge before I begin. And today this challenge, I found it in the Bible. There once was a woman and she was very sick. The Bible says she was bleeding her whole life. And she spent all her money on medicines and doctors, but nobody was able to heal her. But one day, she heard about this one man who is going from city to city and where he preaches signs and miracles and wonders are happening. Where he prays, all the sick get healed. And something starts to grow in the heart of that woman. Faith starts to come inside. Expectation starts to come in her as she hears the stories. And she thinks to herself, if I can only meet this man one time, maybe he can heal me too. So the time goes by. But one day, a friend of her comes and says, Do you have, have you heard about this man? She said, yes, yes, I've heard about him. He is here in our city. And the sick woman, she gets very excited. The faith in her heart starts to grow and to grow. The expectation starts to grow and to grow. And she knows, I have to meet this man. So she runs. She runs to the city center, to the place where this man is. And she suddenly sees a very big crowd of people. All gathered around one man who is in the center. And everybody like this around him, trying to touch him, trying to hug him. Like this, like this, like this. And this woman stands outside. Outside this big crowd. But she knows. Because the faith in her heart grows and grows. The expectation in her heart grows and grows. That she knows, I have to touch him. So she starts to fight her way through the crowd. Till she suddenly gets to the point where she only gets to grip a very, very small part of his garment. But in the same second, when she touches him, power comes upon her. Hallelujah. Say amen. She feels something that she has never felt before. Say amen. She's completely healed. Hallelujah. But this is not the greatest point. Jesus is the healer. We have seen it yesterday. You will see it today as the Holy Spirit comes to fill you. He will heal you and the fullness of God will touch you. Amen. Amen. But this woman, in this same second, 
experience the power of God. But more interesting than that is what happens next. Because Jesus himself, in the same second, he says, stop. Stop. Somebody touched me. And you can read it in Luke 8, verse 45, where it says, And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. And you say, who touched me? He said, Master, the multitudes, the crowd, the many people, they throng and press you. And you ask, who touched me? What Peter was saying, in other words, was, Master, everybody was touching you. But Jesus says, no. I felt energy leaving my body. And he turns around and he sees that woman. And he says, woman, your faith has healed you. Hallelujah. I know you all understood the point of the story, but I want to be very clear with that. Everybody was touching Jesus, but only the one woman that came with faith, that came with expectations that something would happen that has not yet happened before in her whole life. She was the only one to receive her miracle. Amen? Amen. So today I want you to be like that woman. It doesn't matter how long you are sick. It doesn't matter how long you desire for this one touch of God. I want you to raise your faith. I want you to raise your expectation that today God will do something that he has not yet done before in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Raise your faith. Raise your expectation. Hallelujah. But do me a favor. Not only today. Every Sunday when you come in this church. Every time when you open your Bible. Every time when you go to your prayer times. Do it with faith. Do it with expectation that something would happen that has not yet happened before. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, that was the lesson for the day. Yeah? Raise your faith and raise your expectation. I want to give you a very small recap and also a preview of what's going to happen tomorrow. Because you don't want to miss tomorrow. And you don't want your family and your friends to miss tomorrow. Because tomorrow, we are actually coming to the greatest point of the celebration that we are having here at the Easter Convention. The Resurrection Sunday. And the power of the Resurrector will be in you in Jesus' name. Amen? But we will also pray an extended and long blessing over every area of your life. And you will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, say Amen. So you don't want to miss that. And you want to bring your family. Amen? And I saw that they're building a tent outside. Is that correct? Yes. Hallelujah. So bring even your extended family. Amen? So I want to give you a small recap for those who have not been here yesterday about what we talked. Because yesterday we looked at Good Friday and what happened and how Jesus came into Jerusalem as we saw it here in the play and everybody was singing Hosanna, Hosanna but within one week all the people that were praising him turned against him and were shouting crucify him, crucify him and you know Jesus got betrayed because he was not fulfilling the expectation of man but the expectation of God in his life, amen 
And it came to the point in his ministry and in his life that he hang on that cross. Wounded with streams all over his body. His blood shed for you and for me for the forgiveness of our sins. Until the very point where he died. As we have seen it in the play. And today I think it was the day of the greatest desperation in history. Today, this Saturday, between Friday and Sunday, you know, we are happy that we know the end of the story. Hallelujah! But I think it was the point for all the disciples that were running with Jesus where all hope was gone. After all they have seen, after all they have expected that would happen, Some expecting Jesus to come as a king. Others maybe to do something that they cannot comprehend. But nobody expected him to be death and buried in a grave of Joseph from Arimathea. But he was there in his grave. Jesus was buried. In this moment in time, I want to read from the scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. Where it says, For he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus became sin at the moment where he was hanging on the cross. He became sin. That means he did not commit sin. And we will hear it tomorrow. His resurrection was the confirmation and the certificate of God that he was blameless and that he never sinned and that he was the one that God chose for your and my salvation. Amen? But he became sin. What does it mean? In this same second when he was hanging on that cross, All the sins of history, not only of those days, not only the things that Peter has done wrong, not only the things that whatever his disciples have done wrong, but all the sins from the beginning of humanity till the end, our sins today and the ones tomorrow and the ones in a hundred years generation, he became all of them as he died on the cross. And you know, let me explain sin And I know I did it yesterday, but I tell you I will do it today, to, uh, tomorrow again, and even today. Because I've, I'm hearing many preachings today where sin is not mentioned anymore. But I'm very, very sorry. If we don't talk about this issue, there is no salvation. It's not just blessings and blessings. Blessings are from God. But they are for those who are living with Him completely in Jesus' name. Amen. And so sin is an important topic because it's actually the root and the problem that we are facing. Because sin separates every one of us from God. And we all have committed sin. What are sins? Sins are things like lying, stealing, cheating, watching pornography. And I know that this is a topic that meanwhile goes into all areas. It doesn't matter, it's not only young boys or it's whatever. I know that there are women and men and whatever of all age, age groups that are 
dealing with this issue, with this demonic cancer that's like burning into the body of Christ. Pornography is sin. And all the things that people lust for. Jesus says, you know, when, when your eye only looks at another woman, you have committed adultery. And you know it's a big topic, and I know now it's getting very quiet in this room. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but there's today there is deliverance for that. Amen. Because we will pray for the fire of God, and I'll come to it later. Believe me, it will be strong. It will be strong in Jesus' name. But you know, it goes even deeper. There are things like unforgiveness. Where you have not forgiven your parents or your, your mother or your father or somebody else in your life who has done something to you. You know, forgiveness don't mean that, that what he has done was right. But you will not long, longer hold him accountable for that. That you will forgive them as Jesus has forgiven you. Unforgiveness is sin, my friends. You know, there are things like keeping the anger against your family members. And even things that go deeper and deeper layer like unbelief and pride. We have talked about it yesterday, especially about unbelief. Unbelief is sin. And all these sins and all these things have separated us from God. And made it impossible for us to cross the, the gap between God, God and us. And I want to tell you one thing. Sin has consequences. First consequence. The wages of sin are death. Eternal death is what I expect you if you stay in your sins in your life. If you don't get right with God through Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross for you. There's eternal death waiting for you. And tomorrow we will talk about heaven and hell. But there's a second consequence. Sin has consequences. If you, and I meet that so many times, sleep with somebody and you are not married and you suddenly get pregnant or whatever, there comes a child. People come to me and say, why did God let it happen? I think he told you clearly not to do before he even did it. What is the problem? You know? But they come to me and say, why did God let it happen? Because sins have consequences. Now you are a lonely mother that has to raise a child because this boy, he was not ready to take the consequences to marry you. He did not want to take the responsibility to marry you. He only wanted to have the joy. So he would probably not take the responsibility for you and your child. And he probably left. And you are alone with this kid. And you are facing that you are yourself going to school. But this kid is also going to school. And life is not getting easier. But I tell you, even in this moment, when you turn to God, everything will come to a good end. And this child will be the greatest blessing in your life. Because God turns everything for good. Amen? And there's always forgiveness. And there's always restoration. And there's always a new life. Amen? But sin has consequences. The same way if you steal or whatever, and you get caught and you end up in jail. Well, you know, that's a consequence of your sin. And sin will always slowly kill you. It will, sin is, you know, the Bible says fun for a while and that's the problem. You start with it, but it, it gets part of your character and part of your, of, your, of, your, of your body and sometimes part of your spirit. And will slowly but surely kill you. And it will slowly but surely take you away and take you out from God and from this life. Until you end up with an eternal death. 
But now comes the good news. Jesus became sin for us. And you know, I had a long time, I was wondering, what does this mean? And I figured out it only works together with this Saturday that we are celebrating today. The day when Jesus was in the grave. Because Jesus became sin when he was dying on the cross. But as we have seen, he was laid into that tomb. He was laid into that grave. But let me give you a spoiler. Tomorrow, we are celebrating Jesus' resurrection. Hallelujah! And I tell you one thing, when he's resurrected, he resurrected as Jesus Christ, the King of glory, in Jesus' name. Amen! Amen. The Son of God. And nothing of that sin came and resurrected with him. It all stayed in that grave. All sins stayed in that grave. Say amen. amen. Only Jesus was resurrected. And you find even a picture of it in your baptism with water. Because the Bible teaches us when we get baptized with water, we get baptized into the death of Jesus and out into a resurrection life. And in this moment, it is a symbol that all our sins are laid into that grave that Jesus went in into 2,000 years and that nobody else will come and go into and take out the sins again because he has buried them there. In Jesus' name, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. And the consequence of the grave is that you and I are death to sin, says the Bible. And sin is death to us. Amen. Amen. I know it's a little bit complex, but I hope you understand what I get. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because it's a very important point. Because that shows you, as how Jesus yesterday said to this man on the cross, Assuredly, I say to you. Because, you know, when we follow Jesus Christ, and when we surrender our life to him, we die to this world. We die to our lives, says the Bible. We die with Jesus and that is the reason why we will be resurrected with him amen because we died with him and you know I know we have to understand that to follow Jesus means to die with him and that we are death to this world and that we are no longer the ones that are reigning in our own lives but we hand over the control to him and he is the one that reigns in our lives. He is the one who is Lord over our lives and takes the decisions in our lives. And we follow his commands as his children and as his servants. Can we say amen? Amen. 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 In Matthew 16, verses 24 to 25, it says... Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. If you desire to save your life here on earth, which means that you 
your own desires in your heart, the things that you want to achieve. Have a great career, have this or that or whatever. If you don't choose to lose it, then the Bible says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Whoever, whoever, all of you, everybody in this room, will lose his life for my sake will find it. And I tell you one thing. The devil tries to lie to you and he tries to tell you, you know, if you surrender your life to Jesus, it will be boring, it will be poor, it will be uh, whatever, you know, kind of miserable. But it's not true. I was confronted with this decision many years ago, that God challenged me to, to, to leave my job, that I so loved, where I made a good money, where I was successful. Things were doing well by this time. But God called me out and said, you go and preach. And it took me three years to do this. And I thought my life would end, would end up miserable and boring and whatsoever. I tell you, I was never so wrong in my life. Today, I'm traveling the whole world, preaching the gospel, seeing blind eyes right in front of my eyes opening. I see deaf ears opening in Jesus' name. I see the wonders and the miracles of God happening every day in my life. And I tell you, it's the greatest adventure that I've ever gone to in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So don't, don't let the devil lie to you. Jesus says you will have life and life abundantly. Amen. But I know that there are people here today, and I want to close because I want to come into a time of ministry. There are people here today. You come to church every day or every Sunday. But you have stopped being obedient to God a long time ago. You know that there are days and times where he called you, give this amount of money. But you said, no. You know that there were times where he called you and said, go and serve at this place and church or serve at whatever. And you said, no, I don't want to lose my free time. I don't want to lose this. I don't want to. You know that there were times where he called you, go and deliver this word, to this, per this word to this person or to that person. But you would not... Do it because you were ashamed of what they may think of you or whatever it is. You didn't want to give up the security in your life because you didn't trust God. And I tell you one thing, this distrust is sin. But I tell you another thing. I am so glad that our God is a God of mercy. In the God of a second and third and fourth and fifth chance. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And it doesn't matter how long you go to this church. And how long you started or how long ago you started to be disobedient. And not to follow what God asked you to do. Today is a new day. Today is a new start for you. Hallelujah. That is the day. That's the reason why we have on earth day and night. So that we are remembered that every day there is a fresh start available for you. Amen? Through Jesus Christ. But let me read it to you once again. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life 
for my sake, will find it. Hallelujah. I want you all to stand for a second. Maybe my friend, if you could come. And you know, I want you all to close your eyes for a second. And when Jesus was sitting together with his disciples for the last time, and he said, one of you is going to betray me. I love what they did. After all the time being with him, they did not say proudly, oh, I'm sure it is Peter, or I'm sure it is John, whatever. They all asked, Lord, is it me? Lord, is it me? And as all eyes are closed, I want you to ask the same question in your heart. Ask God. God, is it me? God, do I desire to keep my life? Or have I truly surrendered everything to you? God, have I started to be disobedient for the things that you want me to do? Because I tell you, at the beginning, you feel it very strongly when the Lord says, do this or do that. And your heart beats like this. And he tells you a second and a third and a fifth time. And he tells it to you for one year or for two years. But there is something that happens that we quench the spirit after a while. And the voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter. Because we harden our heart even more and more and more. And maybe you felt this as God was talking to you a long time ago to do something that you do not feel anymore today but you know you have not been obedient dead by then today is your fresh start today you will lose your life but you will win it in him amen so I ask you right now if you feel this is you and if you feel the Holy Spirit talking to you right now, I want you to come to the front right now because I want to pray with you. I want you to come to be bold and step out of, of the line where you are. Make room for those who want to come. Come, 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 come to the front. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come to the front. Yes, amen. Come to the front. Hallelujah. If this is you, don't wait any longer. If you feel the Holy Spirit knocking at the door of your heart, don't do the same mistake that you have done before because you're ashamed or afraid or whatever it is to not step out and it's a clear warning from my side into your life because God will stop speaking at some time we squench the spirit more and more don't wait any longer if you feel the Holy Spirit calling you right now if you feel that there are sins in your life that you need forgiveness for, come also. Come to the front right now. It is the same thing. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Don't hold back. Don't wait any longer. It doesn't matter how long you are part of this church. It doesn't matter how long you are in ministry or whatsoever. If you feel the Holy Spirit calling you, come now. Come now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Still time, there's still chance. Make your way to the cup. You are not coming to me, you are coming to Jesus. I want to read to you Hebrews 4:16. Let us, let us, not God, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Let us make our way to his throne. And the steps that you are doing out of here, you are not coming to me, you are not pleasing me. It is a sign to God that you are not ashamed anymore, that you are not afraid anymore, and that you step out and that you boldly approach His throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. I'm so proud of all of you that made your way because the Bible says you will find mercy and help in your time of need. This is right now. Jesus is right now here to encounter you, to speak afresh to you, to renew your calling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. So let's pray together. And I pray in short sentences first. And you repeat loud after me. Amen. I know that many of you are already walking with the Lord. But we still will pray a prayer of forgiveness of sins in our hearts and of restoration. Amen. Jesus, pray loud. I want to hear your voice. We have to confess with our mouths. We have to overcome shame. And we have to break fear with our words. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, I come to you. And I ask you, forgive me. Every time that I have not obeyed to your voice. Lord, have mercy. And forgive me father I pray that you would not take your spirit from me but that you would fill me afresh with grace and mercy and with your spirit Jesus be the Lord of my life in every area in jesus name we pray
Amen. Can we give a big hand for those? Hallelujah. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. This, congratulations to all of you. This was the best decision of your life. Hallelujah. 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 From today on, you will hear his voice as clear as you have heard it before. And you will at this time be obedient and follow him. Amen. Hallelujah. You might be seated. But you don't get too resty. Because there's something that's going to happen right now. As I promised you, we are going to pray for the Holy Spirit. And today, the lion is coming out. Amen. I really feel it. That God wants to do something in our midst that is actually connected to the same topic. And that is that He wants to burn with His fire upon our lives in Jesus' name. That He wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit. I think you can exactly leave it away already. We will need space here in just a few seconds. But I want to tell you a story. And this story is from a boy and his father that went together for a journey in the bush. They went for four days into the bush to have a father and son journey together so that he would show him how to be a man and teach him how to kill lions and all the things that you do in the bush with your bare hands. Amen. But it was dry season and the high grass was already completely dried out. And these guys were walking for two days in the middle of nothing. And what they did not know was that a bushfire started around them. And it was all around them in a big circle. But the circle went smaller and smaller and became to burn more and more into the center. And suddenly they looked up and they saw the smoke, smoke and they smelled it. And a short while later, they saw flames on the horizon all around them. And these flames came quicker and quicker and quicker and approaching them. And the boy he was desperate. And he started to cry and he threw himself on the ground. Hiding himself, not wanting to see what's happening next. Because he knew this fire is going to burn us. And we are going to die in this place. This fire is going to consume us. And after just five minutes, three minutes, five minutes laying there, he felt that some warmth was coming around him. He felt that some, some flames were coming around him. And he started to shake and to cry. He thought, now it's over. Now it's over. But after 30 minutes, he thought, what's happening? I'm still alive. After one hour, he suddenly thought, I'm still here. And he was brave enough to look up from the ground and to open his eyes and to see that there was a big circle burned around him. And he saw his father who was a little bit dusty from the smoke and whatever. And he asked him, Father, what have you done? And the father said, I put a fire myself. That I burned all around us. And he said to him a very wise word and said, Because you have to know, fire cannot pass what fire has already consumed. 
My friends, I want to talk to you today about the fire of God. And I know many times, not many times, sometimes preachers use it very loosely and don't explain anything about it. And they lay and run around and lay, lay their hands on people and scream, fire, fire, fire. I do the same thing. And things are happening. But I want to give you the background what's happening. Because the prayer is dangerous. It is not a comfort me prayer. It is not a prayer of blessing and oh, I receive it. You have to know what you're praying for when you are asking for the fire of God. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians 3, 12 to 16. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. The foundation that Jesus Christ had laid on the cross and he died and he resurrected. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay or straw. But on judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person, if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. Hallelujah. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The, will be, the builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? The prayer of the fire of God is a dangerous prayer. Because it's a prayer of purification. It's a prayer that actually says, God, burn off me everything that is not from you. Everything that keeps me to be more like you. Take it away, no matter what it costs. Every evil spirit that is attacking me, take it away. Everything in my character that is not yet there where you want me to be, burn it away. God is an all-consuming fire. We will pray this prayer today. And I will lay my hands upon you. But it's not my hand. The hand of God will touch you. And you will see that your life will never be the same again. You will be destroyed for the normal world outside. You will be cleansed and purified. The Bible says we will be cleansed and purified as pure gold. Can I tell you one thing? How many of you, you have a lot of gold here in Zambia. How many of you know how gold is being purified? All this gold is put in one big bowl. And then they make a very big fire underneath. It is so hot that everything melts and burns in this boil. And this time, every little piece of dirt that is in that gold would come to the surface because it would swim to the surface. And in ancient days when it still was made by hand, 
they would took away as, as, as they see, as the goldsmith sees that there is a lot of dirt on the surface. He would come and take away all the dirt, make more fire, heat it even more, wait until the new dirt would come onto the surface. And he would do it again and again and again until the point. Till the gold is so clear and so clean that he would see his own image reflecting in that gold. Then he would knew that he has 99.9 .9 pure gold. Hallelujah. You see the picture that God has planted in that? If you pray for the fire of God to fill you and to touch you and to consume you completely, then God will burn you and bring everything to the surface that is not from Him until the point that He sees His own image reflecting 100% in you. Hallelujah! Say Amen! amen. Hallelujah! And I know that we said we will also pray for the sick and we will do. We will also pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to realize that when you will come forward and you will pray that God will fill you and that the fire of God would consume you completely. That when God comes into your life and when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He don't come in single parts. The fullness of God is coming into. God Himself will dwell in you. And if He comes in His fullness, He comes with everything. He comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He comes with the gift of tongues. He comes with the gift of prophecy. He comes with healing. He comes with signs, miracles, and wonders. He comes to fill the needs of your life because He knows you. Say Amen. So now is the time. I want you all to stand up again. And you can already be prepared. And I wish in my heart that every one of you would respond to that prayer. But I understand if you say, it is too much for me. I can understand. But I encourage you to still do it. If you want to receive the fire of God to cleanse you until the point that you reflect 100% of His image, then I want you to come to the front right now. If you want to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to step out of your row and come to the front right now, right now, right now. Make your way right now. Come to the front right now. Because God wants to touch you and you will receive power. Yes, yes, yes. Come to the front. Come to the front. Don't wait any longer. Come now. Come now. God will touch you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know that God will bless your braveness to be the first who will come in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us boldly approach, hallelujah, this throne, hallelujah, hallelujah. You will receive power. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will be cleansed by the fire of God. Be prepared that some funny things are going to happen right now. Some of you will be delivered from demons. Some of you will instantly experience healing in their bodies. Some of you will feel like a thunderstorm of love that 
rises up in your midst until the point that it overflows your mouth and you start to and you start to pray in tongues hallelujah hallelujah don't wait any longer don't wait any longer if you need the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon your life I want you to come right now and you will receive power hallelujah 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 don't wait any longer come right now come right now come right now hallelujah 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 But I want you all to recognize it's not me. I will go around and lay my hands upon you. But it's not me. It is God's hand that will come upon you. And you will receive power. And you have to invite Him Himself into your hearts with your own words. So I want you to pray with me together as we stretch out our hands to heaven. Let's stretch out our hands to heaven. Even if you are standing on your seat, stretch out your hand to heaven. God has more for you. God wants to bless you and to touch you even there on your seat where you are. So let's all pray together and invite Him. Give Him all authority in our lives. Hallelujah. So let's pray together. Jesus. Phil!